0: Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host, Pastor Larry White. Welcome to Sunday Talks. We are in a series I'm calling Christian Doctrine. We're studying about some of the essentials of the Christian faith, the things that we adhere to, we believe, and practice as as believers in Christ. Uh, Already we've talked about God, specifically in in relation of the Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and uh, then last week was about creation, and today we're going to talk about a specific part of creation, uh, one that uh, is, should be special to us uh, as we think about it, as it's identified in the Bible, as we talk about man and particularly the image of God that is in uh, humanity. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been told, probably you have, uh, that you look like a relative, maybe like your father, your mother, brother, sister, or even a grandparent. Um, the older I get, I'm often told that I look like my grandfather. And uh, I'm also, I've I, seen it myself, the similarities I have and the mannerisms I share with my, fa- my own father. And we all know the reason for that, and that's because we have DNA that's been passed down. We are connected genetically, and I'm, I am their offspring, and that's, that part of who they are is in me. And this is what happens when we think about the image of God in man. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God made this statement, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Uh, this, is, this is the subject that we're going to talk about today. What does it mean uh, when God made this statement, make man in our image and our likeness? What does it mean to have the image of God and be made in His likeness? Simply, I think that means that mankind is like God and represents God in creation. It doesn't mean that we're identical to God, just in the same way that you're not identical to your parents, but you do have similarities. And I want to just share with you four ways that we uh, carry his image, that we have his likeness, uh, and then talk about how what has happened uh, to that image after creation. I believe as as, as human beings, uh, baked into us is the DNA that, uh, uh, that makes us look like God and, and relate to God and, and reflect His image. And there's not really any part of us that cannot reflect His image. Every, every bit of who we are and how we think and, and how we behave uh, can be used to bring about, the, the, to see the glory of God in, in, in living out through us. So let me just show you four ways that I think we uh, carry this image of God. First and most importantly, spiritually being made in the image of god means that we are spiritual creatures uh, god himself is spirit and we the bible says in john chapter 4 we worship him in spirit and in truth uh, this is a fe- feature that's unique to humans uh, and, and that no other part of creation enjoys. There's, you know, plants are not spiritual, animals are not spiritual beings. And I know you may love your pet and you may communicate with them, but sadly, despite what intelligence they do have, they are not spiritual beings. It's unique to man that we have this ability. Our spiritual life enables us to relate to God. Uh, and it gives us really the desire that we want to relate to Him, that it's innate in us that we, want to, we desire to know God and relate to Him. And we alone can praise Him and worship Him. We alone can hear from Him. We alone can pray to Him as spiritual beings. As spiritual beings, we are like God in the fact that we're immortal. Our physical bodies will die one day. We're, we're, as, we, as we grow older, our bodies are decaying. But we do not cease to exist, but we will live eternally here's a way I like to look at this. I heard someone say this a long time ago, that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We're not only spiritually related to God, we are also morally related to Him and morally in His image. Being made in His image means that we're moral creatures. We are morally accountable to God. We answer to Him for our sin. We have an inner sense of what's right and wrong. Our sense of justice and righteousness comes from this image of God in us. And even the person who's not a Christian has this. The Bible says in Romans 2.15, they show, speaking of, of, of unbelievers, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. And so on our hearts is written the law of God. And so when we, we have right behavior, when we obey the law even an unbeliever reflects that image of God in them and so spiritually and morally and then third we bear the image of God uh, intellectually it means that we're intellectual creatures we have the ability to think logically and be able to reason and that sets us apart from the animal world animals certainly have mental capabilities and some more than others but they don't have the ability to reason in the way that humans do and again, some may argue well, you, you just don't, you've not seen my dog and how it, can, how it can relate, or even even the scientific studies of chimpanzees and their ability to almost be human in how they behave. But one thing we have is, is, is the awareness and the sense that we have of time and of eternity and the future. The Bible says that God has put eternity in our hearts, that as human beings, we look forward and we make plans and we know about the reality of our own death and we think logically about that. We are also like God in in the fact, as we think about intellectually, in our emotions, that we have a wide range of emotions. Again, animals can have emotions, but not in the same sense that that human beings do. Uh, For example, if I have a loved one who passes away, I can be sad and would be sad at the loss of that loved one. I can be happy that, that I had the privilege of knowing them and the memories that I've experienced with them. I can be grateful that they are no longer suffering from whatever may have caused their death. I can be joyful that they are now with Jesus if they knew the Lord. And and then I can also maybe even be anxious about what life is going to be like without them. All at the same time, those experiences from sadness to to happiness, to joy, to gratitude, and and uh, um, being anxious all at the same time. We're we are complex emotionally, and that is a gift from God as He's put His image in us. So spiritually, uh, morally, intellectually, and then forth relationally. Being made in the image of God means we're relational creatures. We saw that earlier in our ability to, to relate to Him spiritually, that there's a desire to know God and to relate to Him and, and we have a unique interpersonal relationship with others. Uh, there, is, there is in mankind a depth of relationship in marriage, between husband and wife. The family experiences we have are unique to human beings. In the body of Christ, in the church, we have deep relationships that oftentimes even go beyond uh, what you may experience in your biological family. In marriage, we reflect the nature of God in the fact that we have different roles as male and female. While they're different, we share in an equality and the importance of, of what those roles play. We're like God also in, in relationships to creation. As, as God is Lord over all things, we are called to have dominion and to rule over the rest of creation. We have a responsibility for creation and authority to exercise over it. God exhibited His pleasure in us as as part of His creation. And in at the end of His creation, He created man. And the Bible says, when He looked at everything He had made, He said, "This is very good." And I think we were the height of what He what He made. He took great joy in that. That in us He placed His image, His likeness. It's for that reason that I believe that human life is sacred. That it, that it is it is it is special. It is unique. And we should respond in, in, to this truth by standing for human rights. We should oppose abortion. We should support justice for all people, that all people are created in the image of God. We should speak out against injustice when it does happen to our fellow humans. And the tragedy is that too often, even as Christians, we don't do that. We don't stand for human life. We don't support uh, the justice. We don't stand for those who are experiencing injustice and the reason that happens is it goes all the way back to genesis chapter 3 and that's where i want to turn from having been created in this image now we live in in not having lost the image we still have the image of god in us but it's been marred it has been it has been tarnished and distorted by sin adam's sin and his fall uh, caused not only for himself, but for the rest of humanity, this marred or scarred uh, image to be, to be in us. We're no longer uh, morally pure. Uh, we, we are warped spiritually. Uh, we have, there's something missing there. The, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, just a few chapters after the fall, that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Don't really know how long that took, but it wasn't long before man just spiraled out of control. After, after sin was committed in the garden, intellectually we didn't live up to what we could have. Our relationships were broken and in shambles. We see that in Genesis. Even between Adam and Eve, and later between their sons, Cain and Abel, there was brokenness in relationships. And the more we reject God, the more we sin, the more that image is scarred, and and less and less we become what God intended for us. And ultimately, we get to the New Testament, we find that God even allows this to happen and that He he turns us over to that. In Romans chapter 1, it states that when man is determined to sin, God will ultimately Give him over to that depravity and sin. Look at that and you might say, Well, hope's all it's lost. I mean, we, we we had we had this perfect opportunity in the Garden of Eden, mankind did. It was marred, it was scarred, and over time man has continually done evil, has continually turned his back on God. But hope is not lost. We know that in Christ we have redemption. And that redemption is not only for eternal salvation, but it's redeeming us in the image of God. And through the sanctification process of becoming more and more like Jesus, we restore that image. We grow closer and closer to what He intended for us. Uh, We have a new nature, the Bible says. We've been transformed. And in Colossians 3.10, it says we are being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its Creator. We're only able to do that because we have that image in us to begin with. That DNA is there, the, the basis. It may have been scarred, may have been distorted. Now it's being refreshed in this redemption that Christ has given us. And I love this passage in Romans eight twenty nine. It says, we are being conformed to the image of His Son. He's making us more and more like Him because Jesus, while He was here on Earth living His human existence, He was the perfect example of what God intended for mankind to be, living out that image of God. Now, when Christ returns, He's going to complete that. And, and, and what was been tarnished and has been distorted and been marred by sin is going to be restored back to its original state. What God intended for us in the garden, He's going to re- bring to restoration. First John 3, 2 explains that when it says, When He, when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. So it's all going to return to what God had for us. It's a, it's a wonderful thought of being created in the image of God, to have uh, God, uh, who God is, residing in us and have the ability to communicate with Him, to know Him, to have the intellectual ability to, to, to relate to Him spiritually and morally, all these things going for us. I want, to, I want to, again, always want this to be applicable to you, that you can put this into practice. So I want to just give you three things to, to focus on as far as how, how do I apply this thought of being made in the image of God? One, and I think this is maybe most important, is to be reminded that you're God's masterpiece. Not just not just you personally, but all of mankind. Every human being. I think when God created everything, again, he looks at the end, and after mankind is created, he says, this is very good. That God doesn't make junk. And every human being has, has that image of God planted on them. They are, they are marked with a purpose. Satan doesn't like that. In fact, he attacks us at that very point. The, the, the original sin of Eve in the beginning, was, 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 was that was the pinpoint. When Satan came to Eve and said, if you'll eat of this fruit, then you can be like God assuming that she wasn't already like God, that she already had the image of God. But he said, then if you eat this, you'll be like God. You, you, you Then you'll be an image bearer, uh, suggesting that there's something wrong with her. There's something missing from her. There's nothing missing from you or I as it pertains to the image of God and the ability that we have to relate to Him and know Him. And uh, that's an awesome thought to think about, that you're God's special creation made in His image and in His likeness, and all of us need to remember that. Secondly, as image bearers, we are Christ's ambassadors, God's ambassadors to the world, to creation, and in in bearing His message. The Bible says in the New Testament, as followers of Jesus, we are ministers of reconciliation. And the restored image that He's making in us as believers helps to create a better world. If in Christ we now have this restored image that was once marred by sin, we'll become a better neighbor, we'll become a better co-worker, we'll become a better caretaker of creation. I think Christians should take personal responsibility for the care of the earth that we live in and, and be concerned about that as, as as we have this task to rule and reign over it. As God's ambassadors we're the best ones suited to to bring peace and harmony in the world and that's only because we carry the image of God. And And then third, a third application is this, is that we know that the Bible teaches that that all humanity is born male or female there are only two genders and we're living in a current culture of sexual deviation and confusion and alteration of genders and, and and all that's just an outward rebellion towards God's perfect design that there there is something about his image that's in both male and female that helps us to understand him and relate to him and every gender-confused and sexually-confused person is only going to find their real identity in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I think maybe of no other group of people in, in all the world, those who are struggling in those areas, it's so evident what's missing is is a, is a relationship with Christ that would help answer some of the questions of the struggles and frustrations with who they are to know if that God made me, created me, He, he was... He was he was pleased with with me as Christian we are fearfully and wonderfully made and in that he uh, takes pleasure in us being who he made us to be and not something else and so uh, that that's important for us to remember uh, there's so much more we could say about um, this whole idea of being created in the image of God and this again all this study of Christian doctrine is not to cover the the any of these subjects in to exhaustion but to to just wet your appetite maybe you'll think more about it maybe you'll study a little more last week i mentioned to you a book by steve hess one of our church members where do we go from here we got several copies still available if you're interested in that would we'll make that available to you, you can just let me know you'd like that and and I have it here in the office also want to mention to you something else that i would suggest to you in studying christian doctrine that would be really helpful to you and I think you'd be amazed at how much you would turn to it in Bible study. And that is having a good systematic theology uh, book. And I'm going to give you a couple examples here. This is uh, Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. Uh, if nothing else, these will make good uh, uh, doorstops or something. They're, they are huge books, uh, heavy-duty heavy books. Uh, Wayne Grudem is one, and the other one is Millard Erickson, uh, and he's got several different versions of this, but this is the big full version called Christian Theology. Both of these books are, um, uh, you can buy them new for $30, $40. You can buy them used, you can find them online for probably $20. I think every Christian ought to have a good systematic or good Christian theology book uh, again, Grudem and Erickson are the two that I would recommend. There are plenty of others out there, but uh, those will be real helpful. And they cover all the subjects I'm talking about, but a whole lot more uh, with some illustrations, scripture uh, 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 text to go along with it. I think it would be great to have in your uh, family library. So if you want to come by and look at mine, you certainly can. But I encourage you, if you don't have one of those, to get to get one of those. Again, I want to say thanks for joining me, being a part of Sunday Talks. And uh, if you enjoyed this, I'd appreciate you letting me know. And I'd encourage you to share this with other people as you have opportunity. Thanks again.